The Future of Finance podcast, where finance finds its future. Hello, I'm Dominic Hobson, co-founder of Future of Finance. My guests today are Francesco Viviano, founder of Geneva-based STOverse, and Florian Ducamont, a partner at Bonard Lawson, a lawyer specializing in fintech and blockchain in Switzerland. STOverse is a startup whose mission is to create a security token fundraising platform for small and medium-sized companies. It has one intriguing twist, which is to build a bridge to the tokens being traded on DeFi exchanges. Tell me, what are the principal problems that you think need solving in the capital raising, uh, capital trading markets? You, you, you're focusing on SMEs, for example. What's the, what are the problems you see there that you think you, that STOverse can solve? So what we are actually trying to solve with the, the problem that we actually we see that with capital raising nowadays is the clear uh, there is a clear problem of exit opportunities. When we talk about crowdfunding and investment in small medium enterprise, one of the main problems is the lack of a secondary market to actually exit your position. This is was the main problem why many people lost confidence in crowdfunding. So for we we're talking about this, lower entity project like um, yeah exactly and this is one of the main problems having not having the possibility to actually exit from your position from your investment after a couple of years just waiting for like maybe one of these projects really being able to do an IPO at some point this is one of the main another project another problem for crowdfunding and also SMEs was the uh, in theory the quality of the project so the quality of the project that were listed on some platforms was little, clearly one of the problems because you need a proper valuation of the project before actually proposing to the people. And maybe in some cases, the, the valuation of this project was not done correctly and was probably overpriced. On top of that, for like actually trade, one of the, this is to connect to actually the problem of a secondary market is the limitation of trading equity. Because for crowdfunding, for instance, those are limited by national laws. While having these on to, onto a, a blockchain, then these problems are not actually, are not anymore a problem since the, all the transactions are done on chain. So these are the, Three in the capital raising and capital rising the problems are definitely so to recap lack of a secondary market the quality of the project that we have seen and actually being the limitation posed by national barriers mm. and for capital trading the the actual problems in the traditional system which we see are actually the like the settlements of security and uh, the process of standardization of some of some of some of, of, of some securities while with all these uh, with all these uh, blockchain uh, securities this becomes much more smoother and easier all these limitations are removed and also new uh, new ways of actually uh, providing liquidity to some project for or for some smes is actually going to be done for instance, in the traditional system, you need a buyer and a seller, while in the how it works in the centralized world, there's actually not going to be necessarily the need of a buyer and a seller for like for like projects who have a lower liquidity. So for SMEs, which have a, maybe don't have that many buyer and seller, but with already provided liquidity by the company, people will be able to will be able to buy and sell without actually need of uh, any, 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 without the need of waiting for a buyer or a seller. Can I ask you to, to just clarify that, that last point you, you made? Yeah, you've, yeah. you've been very clear that, that one of the problems with crowdfunding uh, has been the lack of a secondary market where people can actually exit the yeah. that they've made. You've been clear about ICOs. Um, the quality of the project was quite was quite difficult to, to understand, even if there was a secondary market on some trading platform. Um, yeah. We've also been clear yeah, that, sure. that IPOs um, are, are expensive and inefficient for, for smaller companies. Exactly. But the last point you're making, and sellers, clarify it for us. Yeah, sure, sure. In the traditional system, when you buy and when you need, the, when you when you actually 
when you actually uh, want to buy or sell a security, you need to have a counterpart, a counterpart which actually is your counterpart whenever you need to, to buy and sell. And this often the traditional CV what create the spread in what we call the, the spread of the price. So this issue is solved in a decentralized exchange because we don't have any more a buyer and a seller. You're just interacting with the, the smart contract directly. So basically what you're doing, so basically how it works, you have already some liquidity, which is provided in the, in the pool, is already provided. And so basically, whenever you want to buy or sell, you don't have, the liquidity is somehow already there. And you won't, you don't have to wait for a buyer, for a buyer and a seller. And the balance between the two securities, between the two, yeah, let's call it, uh, the two securities who are in the pool are actually determined the price. Now the price is basically already algorithmically, algorithmically driven, and uh, and this will create uh, will help all these issues of liquidity which are into traditional system. Right, so I get it. You're bringing the, the liquidity pool model from uh, DeFi to the world of, of security tokens. Now that's- Exactly. In a way, this is your unique selling proposition is that you're bringing together the world of, of security tokens and the world of, of, of DeFi. Are there, and that, that automated liquidity, if you like, is, is one of the advantages. Are there, are there other advantages for, for, for investors in bringing those, those two worlds together can they start for example to start lending or staking their their security tokens on DeFi platforms what's your what's your thinking about in general about that link between these two worlds so 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 what are the benefits for the for investors right yes and we'll because, talk about issuers as well but investors yeah start, yeah yeah so the the benefits that we clearly see for uh we clearly see for the so let's start with the issuer. So a clear benefit for the issuer is the rapidity on which you can uh, the, on which you can actually issue your tokens. Like let's say you have to go for an IPO, it will take months and uh, and years. While with the actually with the system that we have now today, you can actually issue the tokens in a, a month or two months, let's say. So it can be done very very quickly. Another 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 option is exactly you have more control. And on the governance, so you have uh, your and also the ability to distribute these tokens to potentially employees and people who are involved in the in the pro in the in the company somehow. On top of this, uh, exactly um, for the investor side, for the investor side, well, like actually it's easier, and also for the issuers that can reach a, a wider audience, so world, worldwide audience. For the investor side, so how we can. Uh, what uh, what is benefit is actually entering in this uh, quality project uh, in a pre-sale. So while holding our tokens, they will be able to enter in a pre-sale and um, and buy these tokens of the of these security tokens of these new issuers. But on top of this, exactly, they will be able to sell these security on a secondary market, or also which which is the benefits for an investor is not only earning from a the capital appreciation of their shares, but also earning passive income from staking, liquidity providing, and lending. So all these are additional ways on, on top of which investors can actually earn a passive income, which was not possible before. You made an interesting observation there about uh, security tokens, which you can issue these to employees of, of the firm that's basically yeah. undertaking the the sto and of course one of the interesting things about DeFi is that it does dispense with not just with the intermediaries which you've explained but it also kind of obliterates this distinction between customers employees issuers investors you know where the users of the product or service can become uh, also investors shareholders in in the business and therefore get profits from it as well as the utility of, of buying uh, or using the, the service, they can get involved in the governance, they can start to vote on, on decisions, and they can often, mm -hmm. as you say, work for the company, they can be collecting a salary from it as well. Now, yes. are you finding when you talk to issuers that that's a big, a big selling point for the model mm -hmm. that you've got, is that it has this, it kind of obliterates the distinction between different functions? Yeah. 
exactly that's quite interesting exactly because as we are going through um as we are going through our process and we are getting customers who are interested in our process one of the interesting things we found that it's really making uh, uh companies and issuers interested is actually the governance process so having so for uh on top, like clearly impact uh, impact companies companies that are related to the impact investing so they're really concerned with the governance of their project so that's this kind of company is really really interested into how tokenization can actually simplify and enables and improve their governance because they actually saying that if all the stake uh, stakeholders in their process like from suppliers to clients could become uh, our clients, but as well as uh, investors somehow, they are also more engaged uh, in, the, in, the, in the project and in the whole ecosystem created around a company. So what we are seeing that's really interesting, what we have enabled in our, uh, in our platform is actually for, for, uh, for people who are shareholders on the platform to actually vote on things. So the company will be able to to actually exactly go on the the company will go on, the, on our platform and actually ask things to its shareholders and shareholders who owns the security tokens will be able to vote directly and this is an interesting point uh, that uh, a lot of companies find really interesting and on top of this the ability to easily give these tokens to uh, to employees definitely is create a, an interesting advantage of these uh, technology. Now you're obviously talking to to potential issuers, and I assume that you're talking to mainly to to SMEs, which are your your target group. How do yeah. you how do you go about finding them, and what's the, what's the strategy for recruiting them to to take part? So how we are doing today actually is we are partnering. We are partnering with a private group of investors. So we are partnering with group of investors who already are, um, have companies on onto which they normally invest, and exactly, and they actually are partnering with them since some of these companies are ready, are looking to be tokenized. So we are looking for partners that already have an ecosystem of companies and investors because that's what we're going to need uh, at the beginning to really uh, push our platform on the market. So having someone that has already a, a built-in ecosystem at first. Secondly, what so private group of investors, and secondly, we are partner with university, with great universities such as the Polytechnique of Lausanne, the EPFL, one of the most renewed engineering schools. And they actually have a great, very important network of innovative SMEs in, their, in the campus. Like in the campus, there are around 200 startups and SMEs. And we are partnering with them to actually exactly look if some of, of the of the companies there are interested in the in the in our in our technology in our um, in our um, in our technology. So this is the two way we are seeing. Of course, events and everything, but private group of investor and partnering with the university is our main way to get uh, SMEs. Right. So you're tapping into the ecosystem that the university has built up. Of startups that are kind of spun out of, of people who are at the, the university um, but I, I was interested that you're 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 going to investors in SMEs who are kind of looking for liquidity mm-hmm. um, I suppose and that's uh, that, that's a, a, a an interesting an interesting angle I think um, yeah now do you do you expect to, to when STO Verse is up and running and you, you, you've got the, the market going and there's liquidity and activity and issuance going on, do you think you're going to end up attracting a different type of investors? A new, I don't know, retail investors, for example, are going to start coming into SME investing in a way that they can't now because those companies are inaccessible to them. Mm-hmm. Do you, is that part of your, your plan is to, is to recruit? Exactly. Yeah, great question, actually. So our plan is uh, so at the beginning is to as uh, let's start from the beginning how we t- tackle to get in- investors on board. So first, exactly, we want to we want to partner with this private club of investors, as well as we want to actually lead uh, lead on our platform 
some uh, DeFi and crypto investors already. So people who are already educated on the topic. So we have uh, we are present in some of uh, now all the marketing on this part is done on Reddit and Telegram. So as we are up and running, we are gonna be able to exactly just drop and uh, get into this Telegram channel and make people interested into our project. So now the day is actually a lot of marketing and uh, and uh, those things is done on Telegram and Reddit. So this is good, and we want to tackle. We want to uh, no tackle, but really we want the first user we want to get is some of DeFi and crypto investors who are already educated and can easily understand what they do. But what, where we see exactly our our when we look more forward in the future is really to have to educate in new investors. So invest like equity investor and educate them how they could invest into security token. This is really one of our mission is also to educate a new kind of investors. And our first investors are probably those who invest in traditional markets in equity. And by educating them, we hope to actually bring on, bring them into our platform. So this is our, so our mission is really provide a tool to educate our clients, our new clients somehow, or these new clients, potential clients. Yes, your appeal to investors is pretty clear. You've got these investors and SMEs, they're looking for liquidity. That's quite easy to understand. But you're also talking to this class of investors who are already active in the DeFi markets. They, mm -hmm. They've got used to dealing with uh, liquidity pools that, that are yep. operated by these smart contracts that balance the supply and demand. Uh, algorithmically so you're um you're you've actually got a multi-pronged uh, way of of strategy for for bringing liquidity to the market now when you talk to those um to those defi uh investors are they how enthusiastic are they about what you're trying to do does it appear to them that this is your representative of some old world thing trying to intrude into their lives or do they get it very quickly and think well this could be great this this could be another asset class we could start to trade or invest in so we, we have a mixed feeling about it it's a mixed feeling it's not like one or another it's a mixed feeling because there are a lot of people who are actually educated so they invest but they only invest uh, in uh, but they maybe don't invest in a really educated manner i mean they invest really just for speculate speculative purpose so they don't really they are not at all interested into actually investing into great product or great companies or great protocols they just they are just there to make money to be honest this is one of part on the other side we also have a uh, some users who are actually really uh they are actually they are they are actually have been uh, had some they've been scammed in the past and they are kind of uh, frustrated about this ecosystem that sometimes it's really it's really uh opaque and not clear and then sometimes there are exactly scams that happens and so we see that these users are actually will be interested into some which is provides them more security and unclear investments into some into a company. So we have this mixed feeling of people who are there just to make money and are not interested at all, while some are actually really interested about how this new ecosystem is developing and how exactly they could participate into projects who have a real value and a real economic impact. And so these are the two mixed feeling that we see and, uh, and 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 the feedback that we got from some of these investors. Irrespective of what they think, are you proceeding on the basis that the world of, of, of DeFi and the world, the old world of CeFi are kind of converging on each other, that you're going to end up with, with regulated markets which make use of techniques that come from both the old world and the new, and then in a, in a sense, the security tokens are a kind of convergence mechanism for all the great mm -hmm. ideas that are being developed in DeFi and all the old, uh, somewhat tired but still useful ideas, which we, which were which were created over hundreds of years in the world of CeFi, you think these markets are converging into a sort of mm -hmm. regulated, um, yeah, totally system. Yeah. So, so what we are seeing is likely exactly is that uh, is there is a transition of the, 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 there is definitely being a convergence of CeFi and DeFi. 
not just from a security token point of view, but in general. There are a lot of players out there who want to benefit from the high yield that today we can see in uh, to the, into the DeFi ecosystem. So today we are actually, I know a lot of hedge funds and companies who are actually trying actively to enter into the, to actually invest into these DeFi protocols, providing the liquidity mining and, uh, and also the staking as well as uh, lending and borrowing. So they're trying to actually benefit from those yields. As of today, exactly people, uh, hedge fund and this company are more investing into the tokens, but they're, some of them are really trying to get into this and benefits from all these, uh, from all these high yield. We've seen this convergence. So what, what, what I think is going to be is not going to be exactly like the DeFi is going to take off and, uh, and the CFI is going to completely disappear. I don't think it's going to be the case, to be honest. It's going to be more of an interaction of the two worlds. So what we are seeing exactly, we're going to see that we are going to see that exactly tradition, like traditional systems going to have access to DeFi protocols and they're going to benefit from them and they're going to maybe offer access to, to the clients, to the people, uh, to this new ecosystem. So we are going to see what we're going to see is going to be an, an interaction of them too. And, and then as said, decentralization is not the answer to everything. It's like for Stovers, we are centralizing what needs to be centralized, like the process of selection of some, of some project, of some companies. But what is not needed to be centralized, like the secondary market, the issuance and all these, then that can be centralized. So I think it's important always to remember what is important, like we, what is important to be centralized and what, what can be used as a, in a decentralized, all in all. Yeah. Florian, the legal aspects of, of what STO Verse is trying to do, you've been advising the business on that. Can I begin by asking you uh, one simple question? In the United States, we get used to uh, issues being aimed at different types of investor and facing different types of regulation. Is it going to be possible uh, for STOverse to, uh, to distribute tokens to retail investors? Is that permitted under current Swiss law? Well, actually, to, to start with, the, the situation of securities law is, is quite different from, from the US perspective and from the Swiss perspective. Um, in Switzerland, uh, if, you, if you as a company want to issue uh, securities and tokenize securities um, as, a, as a self-issuance, uh, it's, it's not something that is per se regulated. Uh, so any company can issue its own securities, raise funds using the blockchain, and wrap these uh, securities into, into tokens um, uh, based on certain conditions. Uh, now the Swiss civil law and, and, and the, the regulatory framework is quite clear. Uh, as a company uh, that is incorporated in Switzerland can issue securities bonds um, uh, using the blockchain technology uh, to, to wrap this up and, and sell that to the market. Now, if, if the company can issue the tokens, uh, STOverse is a platform allowing this to happen in terms of technology. And then in order to offer that to investors, um, you, will, you will have to comply with certain rules and regulations, of course, um, in terms of prospectus. Uh, so you need to have some information contained in, in the prospectus. But if the issuance is, is below um, 8 million Swiss francs or uh, with tickets of uh, above uh, 100,000 Swiss francs, then the, the prospectus is not necessarily required. If, if a prospectus is, is, uh, is, is made available to the investors, then yes, you can, uh, and, and provided you comply with the Swiss law regulations, you can issue that to uh, retail investors as well. It's, uh, it's not strictly limited to uh, um, qualified investors or professional investors as, as, as Reg D would be for the US uh, legal framework. Okay, just to be absolutely clear on that point, Swiss law, the restriction which Swiss law places upon the distribution of these tokens is really about the size of the issue and the size of the tickets being distributed. 100,000 Swiss francs rules out unsophisticated investors at the outset, right? 
Yeah, the, the, there's some uh, exemptions for for the prospectus, and uh, the yeah, the, the, that would be set on uh, different uh, uh, different different uh, uh, average you know investments. So uh, hundreds hundred thousand Swiss francs is is the the minimum ticket, and and eight million below eight million, it, it's not considered to be subject to prospectus. So it there's some room for. Um, you know, uh, venture capital using the blockchain to to raise funds, like for Series A, or, or even Series B, sometimes uh, using using this this technology uh, to leverage uh, and and to find investors. The the interesting aspect also is is when you use this uh, tokenized you know fundraising, you will create a community around um, your token issuance and. You will uh, combine fundraising, marketing, and community building. That that's the interest, the interesting aspect of uh, STL. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Reg D. One of the one of the interesting things about American um, securities distribution laws is it, it it is somewhat more protective of domestic investors than it is of international institutional ones. Um, is Swiss securities law more protective of domestic or? than of foreign investors or does this uh, what you've described apply to investors wherever they come from i mean uh, as soon as you are a swiss based company and you comply with the swiss regulatory framework um if you start offering the the tokens on the market like on the eu market let's say uh you will have to comply also with the uh, prospectus uh directive of the EU market. So if, if you want to expand internationally, you will, of course, have to comply with the, the rules and uh, applicable in the countries where you offer the, the tokens. Um, so generally for a project like a securities token offering, uh, the, the US market is excluded because, because the securities law there is much more restrictive than uh, jurisdictions in, in the EU or in Switzerland. Now, if I understood correctly what you said at the outset, in effect, if a company decides to tokenize its existing securities or indeed new securities, which it issues, it's kind of up to them. And this is regulated under existing Swiss securities laws. There's no special provisions for tokenization. Swiss law hasn't been rewritten to accommodate uh, security tokens in particular. Is that right? Uh, not exactly, because the, the Swiss legal framework as of uh, you know this year uh, has been amended to to enable companies to issue tokens on the blockchain to issue securities on the blockchain. So basically, it's called distributed ledger securities. And if you have uh, a ledger that is based on a public uh, blockchain like Ethereum or other type of blockchains like Cardano, then you can you can use this ledger to issue uh, securities on, on, on the blockchain. So it's rather than issuing, uh, you know, uh, certificates, um, sh- share certificates, then you, you issue tokens. It's, it, so the, the legal framework for the issuance has been amended. Um, the legal framework for the offering has not changed. It's, it's still uh, the, the prospectus provisions, investor protections that we knew in the past. But for the, for the civil legal framework, yes, it's been amended. Mm-hmm. And what's the advantage of those amendments to potential issuers and investors? Does it make any difference to them? Is this like a technical adjustment saying, well, these platforms exist, people issue on them, people trade on them, people invest through them? We need to recognize that in Swiss law. Does it have any material impact on issuers or investors, or is it just a technical change? No, it has it has a material impact, and that's why the Swiss regulator actually uh, quite quickly uh, amended the law. Because before this amendment, in order to be able to transfer securities using the blockchain, you needed to have a written form. That there was a written form requirement for the transfer. So with this amendment, it provides it's providing some some legal certain certainty to investors because it's like when you have intermediated securities and you 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 mention in the law that by by having uh, you know some some uh, writing in, in your bank account the, the transfer of the security happens it's exactly the same 
now with a, a transfer on the blockchain, the, 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 the token and, and therefore the security and the line is transferred using the blockchain. So basically what will matter is the distributed ledger. And, 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 and that, that is legally recognized. And, and um, that, that's one of the only jurisdiction in the world that recognizes this as a transfer, legitimate transfer of property over the shares. So it, it has a material impact indeed. Okay, it's a form of investor protection, which uh, ought to attract more investors to the Swiss marketplace, I guess. Now, what about um, STOverse itself? We've talked about investors and issuers. Uh, STOverse, if I understand it correctly, is now regulated under Swiss securities law. It has a license which is supervised by the securities regulator, Finmar. Um, how onerous, how hard is that process of getting a Swiss securities license? So STOverse is, is in process of, of getting such uh, such approval by, by the regulator. But what, what you need to understand is that there's one aspect also that made Switzerland a very uh, attractive jurisdiction for blockchain project is that you you can you can communicate with the regulator and you can get what we call no action letters from the regulator. So basically, you can expose your case and get a ruling from from Finma and, and you can discuss with them the interpretation of the blockchain project that you will be launching. So that's what is planned. Um, basically. Um, what we do in, in, in cases like this is that we prepare all the documentation, uh, the, also the, the investment memorandum for the investors. If, if we are above 8 million, we will prepare the prospectus. And then we submit that to, to FINMA. And FINMA will, will confirm that uh, uh, the company using STOverse can uh, issue its own, its own security using the blockchain. And, and once we have... Uh, you know, framework approval, then we can replicate that to other companies. Um, so that that's the legal framework for self-issuance of securities using a platform like STOverse. Now, there's another legal framework for securities firm. Securities firm can issue uh, derivatives or underwrite securities of uh, companies and and then put that on the secondary market so that that's another story because this is a, a regulated activity that is um, requiring some some uh, capital 1.5 million minimum and uh, then uh, finma will will decide on on the minimum capital based also on the leverage that you will be using um, but this is a this is a license that will take uh, up to six months to 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 get six to to nine months, um, and and once you have that, you you can also issue um, derivatives. You can uh, uh, operate uh, uh, a platform for for having you know a, a trading of of securities, and you can underwrite securities of third party uh, companies. So that that's another type of regulation, uh, which is which is a bit more. Uh, advanced, I would say. Mm -hmm. So getting one of these securities licenses imposes real obligations in terms of, of capital and so on. Um, the benefits, you touched on those, you mentioned derivatives, for example. What, what can you do with one of these securities licenses you can't do without one? With a securities firm license, it's basically you will be able to issue tokens that will have an underlying um, assets, so what we call asset tokens. It's, it's commodities or other type of, you know, of, of underlying, which you, you cannot do as, as a, a self-issuing company issuing your own securities. It's a different story. And, and this, this provides a lot of advantages because you can have any type of underlying assets, right? So you can have uh, Bitcoins, you can have uh, cryptocurrencies, but you can also have physical assets as underlying. And, and this will be... Um, using the blockchain to start trading, you know, any type of, of, of derivative uh, and also, as I said, organizing a secondary market, which is, which is actually key for having a mass adoption of uh, security tokens on the market. And now we, we've seen the first, you know, securities firm in Switzerland organizing this type of uh, order books. Um, and, and that also gives other companies access to capital, not only as, as primary issuer, but also on the secondary market. And um, 
yeah, the, the, the move towards secondary market is, is now happening with the, the also the stock exchange in Switzerland going uh, into the digital stock exchange and uh, also listing some, some tokens, uh, security tokens and uh, tokenized bonds and derivatives. So uh, th this is a move that will actually uh, really make, make some security token offering worthwhile uh, for and, and, and mass adoption uh, will be uh, uh, also going this path with this secondary market opening. Now, as I mentioned at the outset, uh, STOverse has this intriguing twist to it, which is that it's planning to build a bridge to a link to the uh, DeFi trading platforms where there's a lot of activity, lending and staking uh, tokens already. And that will obviously help liquidity. Uh, the ambition is that will help liquidity on STOverse as well. Do the Swiss view on DeFi and therefore on, on the link which STOverse is looking to build the world of DeFi. Yeah, so when we talk about DeFi, the, there's many things that are actually included in, in this wording. Um, the, there's the, the decentralized exchange. Um, so creating you know, liquidity using decentralized platforms. This is something that is not regulated on the Swiss law at the moment. Uh, decentralized exchanges is, is not something that is in the legal framework in Switzerland. Um, however, if, if you want to list a security token on an, on, on an exchange, then uh, if as, as soon as it is somehow centralized, you will be falling into the uh, infrastructure market uh, regulatory framework. So that, that's that is a, you know a gray area now there's 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 no clear position of the regulator on decentralized exchanges um now it's been mainly used for utility tokens or other type of, of cryptocurrencies as as soon as you go with security tokens it may be a different story and the and the, the regulator may may step in so that's why we need to have some you know, clarity on, on the way the, the regulator will see will see that for, for STOverse. Um, this is on the DEX side. If you if you speak about lending, you know, lending security tokens, then you will be falling into the securities lending regulations uh, and, and directives. So this is only some 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 form of regulated activity. So we, we need to the bridge between security token and DeFi is, is extremely interesting and promising. But we need to get some some clarity on the way the regulator will will see it. Um, now, what we can say, what I can say, is that the the DeFi space is is a space that we see regulators going to, and and basically now what we see is that they are going with the with the lens of the KYC and and anti money laundering. And that, that's that's their that's the, their initial um, aim is to regulate from the aspect of money laundering, from the perspective of money anti-money laundering. So what I expect is that in 2022, um, basically for for these type of platforms, there will be some additional layers of protection for the investors in terms of AML, and that's why uh, you know providing a gateway to access DeFi is for me a step that is actually mandatory because basically the, the, the operator of this gateway like STOverse or other type of financial institutions will do the KYC, will hold the tokens in, uh, in trust or in custody and then allow that as financial instruments to their customers to access DeFi and, and, and they will also have the risks on the financial instruments, they will have insurance for the protocols that they will be staking to. So I think this is this is a, a very interesting development in terms of finance, but it needs some 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 additional layers of in terms of regulation. And also it needs it needs to be um, checked what type of protocols you will be using. Because if the if let's say the protocol 
is a collective investment scheme and has you know some discretion over the tokens and how they will be allocated in DeFi or liquidity rules, then potentially you will have to comply with collective investment schemes, rules, and 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 offering of of these products to to your investors. So, what needs to be done is to check the underlying protocol used, to check how they will be offered to the investors, and the investors will need to be onboarded in a compliant way. And under these specific uh, conditions, then the, the the DeFi space could be offered to investors on the market in, in practical terms if uh, an, an, an investor who's active on STO verse and, and the token he holds is is regulated under Swiss securities law as amended by the adjustments to take account of tokenization and he decides to to sell that to somebody who's on a on a on a DeFi exchange in return for receiving some cryptocurrency token or a or a utility token of the type you've described, in effect, you're passing from a regulated world into an unregulated environment. And that's kind of up to the investor, whether they choose to, to make that transition for the time being. But from what you've been saying, it looks like the Swiss regulators have already begun to think about this, particularly from a money laundering point of view. So KYC, AML, CFT, sanction screening checks uh, on that transition will, will be uh, put in place already but in effect you've got this unregulated world and this regulated world sitting alongside each other and they get made to start to, to interact with each other and it's the investor's choice whether they're happy with moving between those two worlds from regulated to unregulated yes it's it's in the end the investor choice therefore the investor must be um you know informed properly about about the risks and and also uh, what, what, what is, is extremely important is to define the counterparty risk. So who's, go, who's going to be liable if there's a hack in any of the protocol? Who's, who's going to be uh, uh, liable in terms of uh, insurance? And, and what is covered uh, by the financial institution that offers that to, to investors? So I think, yeah, information about the risks, insurance, and also the the counterparty risk are, are key uh, to be to be handled before before going into this field. And is there any any um, limit to the type of tokens you expect to to issue? Uh, asset backed, equity, debt, non fungible tokens. Mm-hmm. So no, actually, we actually we are we are we are extremely open. So there are no so the. The answer is there are no limits. There are no limits on the type of security we can actually offer to our clients. And this is due to we need to be flexible. We need to be flexible because each company has different needs. So we want to be able to offer them uh, issuance of equity or issuance of debt in case they need. So what we can do actually now today, we can issue debt, equity, convertibles, and treasury. So all these are actually, we, we can actually do them. What we will start at the beginning, which is what's been asked the most, is equity issuance to raise capital. So this is going to be our first the first thing we are gonna we're gonna do the the first service. But of course, we can offer all type of securities, and there is no no restriction on to that. Now let, let's look forward to a future in which these security tokens have been issued. The link is in place to the world of. Of DeFi, and we'll come, come in a minute to how you make that, that link work. But what do you expect those DeFi investors to do with those security tokens? Much the same sort of things they do with their cryptocurrency tokens or utility tokens today, or will they do something different with them? Um, I mean, I mean, it's going to be kind of what what is how it is today. I mean, it is people will invest and exactly and since they're going to be listed they, they of course they will hope uh, for the appreciation of their tokens mm-hmm. but on top of this as we said before they're going to be able to earn some passive income from taking protocol or lending protocol i think it's not going to be that i mean that much different from what we see now today i mean uh, as people um, as people interact what we want to what what is going to be different from that is going to be the type of community that's going to build around because as I think also Florian said before, is actually interested how with STO and fundraising, 
a whole new kind type of community is going to be built. So investors is not going to be just investing, but it's going to be more of a community-driven thing. And so that's the real thing that's going to change, I think, or the real how they're going to interact differently. It's going to be once money is going to be raised for a project, it's going to be more of a community-driven thing. And people will probably, hopefully, uh, what what we are trying to do, like we'll be able to share um, tips and advice with each other and uh, organize in this sense. And this is what on our platform people were going to be able to do. So we we're going to really creating a community section where people can actually exactly uh, interact with the companies, have a more direct interaction with the companies, ask them questions, but as well as they can interact with other members of the community. Uh, to, to cut to the chase, have you chosen which uh, DeFi trading platforms, liquidity pools you're actually going to to link to? We're we talking Uniswap here or something else? Yeah. So we are. So with the issuance of security tokens, we have uh, chosen uh, Arbitrum, which is a layer two solution built on top of Ethereum. So Arbitrum exactly is a is a new is a new uh, yeah it's a layer two solution which actually enables. Uh, security, rapidity, and lower fees. While for the for the creation of liquidity pools, we are going to use, at the moment, we're going to use a, a sushi swap, which is a, a, a somehow exactly, it was created on the same uh, code of, um, of, of Uniswap, but uh, based, uh, since it's built now, is deployed on Arbitrum, it's going to be much more uh, efficient and uh, the fees are going to be much lower. So that's why we're choosing now today, uh, we're going to choose SushiSwap because Uniswap is, gonna, is quite expensive. So any, the fees are really, really high. And therefore, we need to find a solution which uh, doesn't impact the investor too much whenever they want to sell their security tokens. The fees are really, really high. It's, yeah, on, it's, on Uniswap, yeah. Yeah, but it's a material point uh, across the whole Ethereum driven ecosystem isn't it mm-hmm. I, I was wondering yeah. you, you yourselves have chosen ethereum if i understood you correctly um and you've got these proliferating uh, blockchain protocols now uh, you know algorand solana cardano polkadot all these um uh, new protocols coming through partly to address that question of of high gas fees and so on now is that is that a problem for you in building your um your ecosystem as you as you look i don't know years ahead to find a way that these different blockchain protocols can interoperate successfully so investors can be indifferent to what protocol a, a trading platform is built on. Is it a, do you see it as a problem in the long term or not? Do you think it'll be solved by technical means? So exactly, today we are choosing, of course, Ethereum because it's the most known and the most standardized blockchain, the most secured and used nowadays. So that's the reason why we are anyway using a layer two solution on top of it, because the security of, block, of Ethereum is like, it's incredible compared to the, to the rest. Mm-hmm. So how we see the rest of the ecosystem? So this is a good question because anyway, for our project, we are blockchain agnostic. So we only, we only use the technology to improve a system. We don't use, a, um, we are not exactly, uh, we are not like really deciding which one, which blockchain to use. We are just, we are blockchain and Yossi, we just want to use it for the best purpose. And we see other projects actually as a possibility, as a, an improvement, because people will get more and more educated and will learn more about blockchain and its ecosystem and how it works. So for us, it's actually, we, it's not a threat for us at all. Because as the ecosystem becomes bigger and bigger, people get more educated. And we are just uh, using one of these solutions for the security of, uh, of, our, uh, of, our, uh, of our STO. But we could, we could actually use another one in case we need it. But exactly for us, it's more about the education of the people and people getting more educated. And as this ecosystem grows, of course, it will benefit us because more and more people will get into it. And for us, is not is not a problem. The the proliferation of the Algorand, Solana, Cardano, Polkadot is definitely just a a great opportunity. So there's no technical obstacle to uh, investors in tokens issued on Stoverse 
interacting with any of these other blockchain protocols. No, yeah, yeah, there is an obstacle because our tokens are not you. You can, you're not going to be able to buy our token on Solana, for instance, because our token is going to be are going to be issued uh, are not going to be issued dead because exactly each each each, each uh, blockchain kind of uh, it's on its own at this point uh, somehow. There is uh, there are some who are EVM compatible, but uh, so our token are, are not going to be issued for instance Solana. Mm-hmm. So if you are only on Solana, you're not going to be able to buy our tokens there. So you need for for sure to come to Arbitrum or uh, Ethereum for buy uh, our tokens. And uh, so this is of course that's that's how it is. But uh, we we are confident that at some point uh, bridges are across this block, all these blockchain are being built. So we're confident that uh, also this in the future maybe it's not going to be too much of a problem. But of course there are some people who are sticking to one ecosystem or another. But for us, I see this definitely as a anyway an opportunity. Uh, as 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 the ecosystem becomes bigger, everyone benefits from it. Right. So there is a technical problem, but uh, the short term, the bigger problem is educating the investors to to make use of what you're doing. Yeah. Totally. In due course. So you're dealing with a bigger problem first. Now, if we look at your 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 platform as a whole, how comprehensive are the services you're looking to provide through it? Are you you're going to do the token creation, you're going to write the legal documents, issue the prospectus, do the issues yep. to digital wallets, the custody, the broking? Is it you're going to do everything? Is it exactly so so for so for what we're going to do exactly is like for the companies, for the issuers, actually, exactly we have the prospectus. We're gonna open the back account for the deposit. We're gonna do the token creation beforehand. We're gonna ask them the auditing of financial statement, K- the KYC and the shareholder register. So these are all process that we have uh, put we put in place for uh, actually someone become our issue that for someone to become uh, the issuers on our platform. And those are some of the legal things that we need to do for our um, for our for our clients. Then from uh, the the investor side, like uh, what we do exactly is a KYC for onboarding uh, in potential investors on our platform. Of course, the 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 wallets and all that part needs to be people needs to be educated and people will need to create their own wallet. That's we we cannot do it. Um, and then yeah, for the for the issuers again, uh, the, for the investors, all the all the benefits are gonna be. Into using using our our pro- lending protocols that we're gonna design and liquidity mining part, staking and all that. So this is exactly how which are the kind of and other other benefits are exactly are gonna be on our platform. So a community platform really build uh, around the community where people will be able to exchange, participate to events. Uh, follow people who actually post things, interesting things about some projects. So this is a, we really want to offer a great experience for both the issuers and the investor onto the platform, and not just being a very a, a platform which only match them, but really a platform which creates built a community behind where people actually have a create the the investments. We believe that investment needs to be also on the emotional side, not just investing for investing. But there, as of today, also what we see in the in the DeFi in the DeFi ecosystem that investors invest for actually uh, with an emotional side. So they want to be emotionally invested. They want to know the project. They want to invest with others. They want an experience. So this is we are on Stovers. We are also trying to recreate a great investing experience. Mm-hmm. I want a narrow question. I think I heard you say you're not providing digital wallets. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, exactly. Because I mean, uh, we will uh, the digital the wallet. Uh, people will need to download their MetaMask wallet, and of course, for for, for interacting with afterward with the with the with the with the decentralized application, of course, they will need their own uh, their own wallet. Mm-hmm. Okay, just some platforms seem to provide wallets as, as well as you observe. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned KYC AML tests as well, these customer due diligence tests, something Florian brought up in the context yeah. of this being the one area 
where DeFi meets uh, the world of security tokens, which the Swiss regulator will be very interested uh, in what's going on there. How, how are you going to do those uh, those KYC tests? Are you working with uh, third-party vendors and data sources or are you? Exactly. You are? Yeah, yeah, yeah we are, exactly. So we also to issues, uh, security tokens and everything, we need to be affiliated with someone because we are not there, not yet financial intermediaries. So we need to be affiliated with companies who actually are already financial intermediaries and can offer KYC and AML. So we're going to partner with one of the a blockchain company who is based in Geneva, uh, would actually provide uh, for us, uh, it actually will do for us all these uh all this process of KYC and AML. And exactly, this is definitely one of the things that we need to do as the partner until we actually will be able to integrate all this process into Stovers and provide them. So one of the, one of the first things we would like to uh, achieve as Stovers is also to become a financial intermediary. So all this KYC AML, we can actually will be able to do them ourselves and not depend on to someone else. If I if I wanted to broke um, security tokens, do you provide a, um, a a wallet? I suppose some sort of service on your platform where I can, in the old world, would have opened an account with you or bought a seat with you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know whether you envisage here um, also market makers, lead brokers, i.e., people who will make prices in stocks when when nobody else will. Do you? We're talking here about liquidity, really, about sources of, li- of liquidity. We've talked about that a lot. Clearly, your link to DeFi is, is, a, mm-hmm. is a vital component of that. But yeah, what about the actual roles? Are we talking about brokers, market makers, lead brokers playing a part in in STOverse? Mm, none, exactly. No, no, not at all. Because exactly, people will have their their wallets. Will be on the platform. With they will have their their wallets and their security tokens but how liquidity pool works they are actually called uh, they are, are actually automated market makers so we don't actually need a uh, market makers or lead brokers for all these all these processes this is why decentralization here it's uh, it's very interesting and can be automated and we don't need any more a market maker like in the old system is because here the liquidity is uh, is always there and the price is already determined algorithm, algorithmically by the balance of the of the pool, and therefore we don't need any of these. And this part can be completely all automated. So once we bridge the security tokens to liquidity pools, actually we don't need to do anything else because these market makers and the, all these operations that were uh, historically done by someone are going to be completely automated. Now, what's your what's your commercial model? How are you going to building and operating this uh, this platform? Yeah. We actually have three main uh, three main revenue model. So the first one is the listing fee. So the first one is actually when a company an issuer wants to get into the process and be listed and create a fundraising campaign on uh, on our platform. So this is the fee uh, the first fee that we actually charge. Second fee is the fundraising fee. So once the fundraise, the security tokens uh, offering is completed, we have raised a certain amount. We take a percentage of this of this one. And the third one is the transaction fee on sale. So whenever people wants to actually bridge their token to DeFi to the liquidity pool and sell them, we'll actually apply uh, a fee. This is a bit to incentivize people just to sell. Uh, whenever they want, so we are actually applying a small cut on whenever people will uh, want actually to sell their tokens. Now, what, um, where have you got to in, in terms of going live with, with mm-hmm. the platform? Uh, what stages has your development and, and funding got to? So, as of today, we have a prototype. Our platform, we have a prototype that we are showcasing currently to several investors who are. Who are really interested, who have expressed their interest. As I said, there are some uh, investors into impacting, some investors into impact investing are really concerned with impact investing. And they are really interested in our solution as well as for these, all these governance issues that, uh, that can be or can be improved. So we have a platform who's a, who's a prototype. We are fundraising, we are raising funds, we are looking for a 
500,000 uh, 500, francs for actually launch and get our platform live and up and running. And then the second part is actually launching our STO. This is to uh, raise additional money to move on to our project. And so we need a certain amount to actually go live and launch our security token for to fund. We need a developer and someone with the marketing side to help us on that. And then before summer, more, more to be honest, probably it's going to be September, we hope we were going to launch our security token offering. So before doing it for others, for, e, for other companies and SMEs, we actually want to do it ourselves to learn and test on this. And then once this is going to be successful, of course, we will start doing it for the others. So this, but as a timeline, we are between uh, uh, before summer or after summer. Probably it's going to be uh, SDO is going to be after the summer. Right, so you're going to be using your own platform to raise your own capital, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's, uh, but that's how most of the pro in utility token, uh, how most of the blockchain project utility token have been done so far. So they, it's quite normal in the blockchain ecosystem to actually launch your own token and raise capital for uh, raise uh, money for that. And uh, it's a way, of course, because our token, it's because people with our token, they're going to benefit from them. So they're going to, by holding some of our token, people will be able to enter into pre-sales and they will, they will have some benefits. So that's why it's important for us actually to do a security token offering, not just because we want to raise capital, but because people need to, uh, by holding our tokens, they will be able to have certain access and certain discounts on the platform. I was going to say, it's fully in the spirit of, of DeFi itself, yeah. on your own platform. Uh, Florian, can I ask you just one, one final question? Um, Clearly, interesting things are happening in the security token markets in Switzerland. You mentioned SDX, you're, you're working with uh, STOverse. But at this point, uh, security tokens are largely potential. They've, they've not attained scale at this point. So it's all about the future, not about, about the present reality. Do you have any sense as you look across the clients that you've been working with, the developments you see in the Swiss market, do you have a, a sense that there's going to be a tipping point uh, in security token issuance, trading, investing? Uh, and if you do, what do you think that tipping point might be? Yeah, <clears throat> to, be, to be honest, I, I thought this tipping point, point would come uh, a bit earlier. Um, and and it, took, it took some time for the secondary market to organize. Now, we have a specific license in Switzerland for... DLT infrastructure license, meaning that you don't you don't need to actually uh, use a, a custody and a, a, you know um, uh, you can you can use the blockchain directly for having the tokens uh, custodied and for the settlement as well. So you have this infrastructure using blockchain technology to actually trade, um, uh, clear and settle. The transaction, which is which is a game changer in terms of financial infrastructure. So as soon as as now we have this license and this license has uh, will be granted to other entities than SDX, other are applying at the moment. So as soon as there will be uh, additional players in this secondary market, um, they that will be a game changer, and and that's the tipping tipping point you're mentioning because. Uh, yeah, capital will be provided to companies that tokenize their shares and then list that on, on this uh, digital uh, secondary market. Uh, I, I think this, this is the point that was missing so far for having mass adoption of, of uh, securitization, well, tokenization of shares. Um, and, and I think in the next years to come, uh, that's going to be the way that capital markets will be functioning because it, you, you have less intermediaries and also you have direct access to the investors. You don't need to go through participants, through securities dealer, uh, broker uh, to have access to the market. You can have a direct access, less, less fees, less costs, more uh, efficiency. So I think this is the way 
that the secondary market will, will evolve. And therefore, securitization, tokenization is, is the premise, you know, of, of going into this direction. Mm-hmm. Right. The tipping point is when the benefits start to become available to, to people. Um, one last question. I'd like to ask you the same question that I've just put uh, to, uh, to Florian, which is that at the moment, security tokens, it's all, it's all potential. It's all in the future. It's not our day-to-day reality yet. What do you think is going to be the tipping point which tips the security token markets into a, a long, decades-long process mm-hmm. of self-sustaining growth? So, as exactly. So, as Florian said, regulation is going to be essential. And only this year, we have seen that Switzerland has actually allowed companies to issue securities on blockchain. So, only this year, this has been, uh, uh, the law has been amended to do it legally. So, exactly as he said, it was, uh, I thought it would come earlier, but it's actually just started now. What I, what I also see, so from our regulations, first point is the regulation, which needs to be clear, which every country needs to have a clear recognition of security tokens. And second is change the perception of people, because people, whenever they feel of token offering, all of this, they're still thinking about ICOs in the 2017 and 2018. So we need also to change the perception of people around the investments into these securities. And we need to educate them and people need to learn somehow or know that actually there, there's been a great evolution since then. And that security tokens offer legal, legal, legal rights or legal rights as a normal investors. So there is the legal part which needs to be cleared and also the part where some people need to learn and there has to be some a small part of investor, a small adoption that will lead to a bigger, wider adoption. So, and also changing this perception of, uh, of uh, risk investments needs to change and explain people that STOs are not only about uh, investing into blockchain or crypto related projects, but it can really be about investing in real companies and to real, uh, into the real economy. Well, let's hope Francesco that we've uh, made some contribution to that educational process today. Thanks very much totally. for taking the time. Thanks very much for taking the time to, to talk to us today. Thank you very much. It was a great pleasure. Uh, Florian, do you come on? Thanks very much for taking the time to join us. Thank you very much, Dominique. Have a nice day.